Now looks down the field, has a man, throws a pick. Oh. He was looking in the middle of the field. Pee Wee Jared on the very next play instead, throws an interception in the second quarter. Pull it from C.J. Wilson, fired in the middle of the field. Defender runs into the receiver, Larry Rembert, and the pass goes to the defender. It's another interception. Second interception by Pee Wee Jarrett, and later in the th- second quarter. Man in motion is Rembert. Jarrett with time to throw. Fumbles the football as he gets hit. It was going to be a sack, oh. and Pee Wee Jarrett coughs it up. Oh, man. It was a rough first half for Pee Wee Jarrett. Nevertheless, uh, UWF stayed in the game. It was 14-14 because the defense was spectacular, um, amazing kind of stuff. And then in the in the second half, uh, we score first. Shamari Mason showtime to the end zone. They scored, tied it back up at 21. And the backbreaker. Jarrett back to pass fires when he's got a man. Oh, it's a great catch. Caden Leggett, he's gone. Caden leg it to the house. Argos strike like lightning in the Georgia night sky. Shamar Mason gets another touchdown after that. And in fact, David uh, Durden also got one. So you had 42 to 28 was the final score beating West Georgia. But weirdly, the um, the story seems to have been not what happened on the field, but during Brian Henry's uh, postgame interview with Pete Shinnick. Oh, he ran for about 40 yards. Yeah, no, on fire. Uh, took that a little bit personal. Uh, we want the ball in his hands. I mean, our offense. I think really is very close to uh, just taking this thing to the next level. What's going on? All that noise. Well, we got a bit of a skirmish at midfield, so coach has abandoned us. Uh. <laughs> That's never a fun thing to happen for the coach, for the players, or for the sideline reporter, Brian Henry, who was trying to get good interview tape from the coach. Joining us now, uh, the guy who was there in the middle of it all, uh, you have uh, Brian Henry. He is the UWF Director of Athletic Communications. Brian, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Uh, thank you, Andrew. And to be fair, we were not in the middle of it. We were in the end zone. It was, as as these things unfortunately unfold, it was sort of around the midfield logo area. And so it was just, it happens, unfortunately, and it happened again Saturday. But I think the coach addressed it in the locker room, and uh, we have moved on. So uh, the guys should be smarter than that uh, going forward. Well, so just to clarify, because I wasn't able to watch the game, I was listening to it on a on radio on our sister station, um, uh, AM 1330 uh, w- Anybody hurt? Anybody find? Is this just, pu- just pushing and shuffling, uh, shoving, following was, the kind of was, chippiness of the game? It was pushing and shoving. Okay, okay. It, it was pushing and shoving. And honestly, it was one of the nicer, more tame games that we've had this year. I mean, I think both teams respected each other. Uh, both teams had a lot of emotion, but it was pretty pretty much kept in check. It wasn't the penalties we had were in-game penalties. They weren't as many dead ball, personal foul, unsportsmanlike conducts like we had been having. Well, there was the one. Uh, just a, <laughs> there was the you, bad. You just got. I said as many. I know. <laughs> you just got to clean them up. You just got to clean them up before you go to shorter next week. So uh-huh. it seemed like we played poorly, certainly on offense. Okay, in the first half. And I thought, we cannot play like this and win. Nevertheless, we did play like this and win because of the second half. But um, it it just seems like that kind of inconsistency on offense. It can be the team that puts up 60, or it can be the team that puts up three turnovers and a half. Which team do we get? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's the concern outward in the external world. But I think internally, they know that 
I don't want to say they're accepting of turnovers and mistakes, but they know that there's going to happen. And luckily we have a defense that's good enough right now to combat those and keep another team at bay. I mean, they only scored once on those three turnovers. Um, and obviously we kind of got it back on the first play, the first two plays of the second half. Yes. Uh, get it forcing the fumble of Harrison Frost and then Shamari getting that 20, 25-yard run. That was spectacular, um, no doubt. Yeah, for, first play of the, uh, you know, we get the yeah. ball and then we get we get a touchdown immediately. That was kudos to the offense for sure and the defense, yes. Yeah, I mean, and I think in Shamari's case, like some people may say, well, why didn't he run for 130 yards or where was he in the first half? It's just sometimes the flow of the game, it just happened to be that Ravion was getting better, better looks and finding the holes a little easier. And then in the second half, it was Shamari and, and Pee Wee too. I mean, he, he, runs, he was our leading rusher. He ran for 70 yards the other night. And by the way, a point that you made to Coach Shinnick after the game and actually got uh, Shamari Mason in on the answer, he became what? I mean, he is our all-time leading rusher now. So he passed Chris Schwartz. Um, Shamari also went over 2,000 yards for his career. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, it could be a little more, too, because if you think back to the 2017 postseason, Shamari actually tore an ACL in the last regular season game against West Alabama, and he didn't play in any of the five postseason games. So, I mean, he could have a lot more. I mean, and he's only a junior. I mean, so he's got another year of eligibility. So, I mean, he is definitely a diamond in the rough that we found down in Fort Myers back in the day. Next week we uh, travel to Shorter. What's the anticipation here? Um, I'm hoping to win. I expect to win. Uh, the team is too. I mean, obviously everybody's been saying that Shorter is a, a much improved team, and that they uh, they hung with Valdosta, and Valdosta needed a couple late scores to to win that game. Um, they played Mississippi College fairly well uh, consistently this last weekend, um, but they are still two and four uh, in the conference, and so I mean two and four overall, and. 0-3 in conference play, so you're hoping to keep them, win- keep them winless in conference play. I will take it. Meanwhile, all the other sports are doing all the other winning. Is that right? Hey, everybody's doing the winning, yeah. <laughs> it's not just all the other sports. Everybody's winning. I mean, in the last two and a half weeks, our sports in head-to-head competition are 15-0-2. Wow. I mean, that's volleyball, men's and women's soccer, swimming and diving, and football. Um, I mean, it's it's just impressive. I mean, you, we have three teams in first place right now. Both soccer and volleyball are in first place, um, and so I mean, it just it's a, another impressive UWF fall. And by the way, lest lest I be misunderstood, we are still four and one, and we only ever so barely lost the Delta State game in double overtime. So you know, it's just let's let's be clear: the the football team is doing well in spite of some of the challenges they've had. Uh, and last thing is, a uh, volleyball uh, had their packet pink over the weekend, right? They did. Uh, it was our fifteenth annual packet pink match with uh, where there's a lot of um, aware breast cancer awareness. Uh, put out there and then there's also a silent auction for a week leading up to the match and then the live auction on the day of the match uh they beat lee three to one um in the match had a little over 400 people in attendance so that was i believe our second largest crowd this season 
and then they ended up raising just over six thousand dollars for uh, breast cancer research and, and things like that. So it was a, another very successful event um, that the community supports, and and our team wholeheartedly enjoys putting it on, and, and led by Melissa Walter and her um, her very positive and strong leadership with the event. And of course, for those who may not know, she's a survivor herself. And uh, just, yeah, like you said, it's a wonderful thing to see this happen every year for supporting that cause and uh, bringing awareness as well. Uh, Brian Henry is UWF Director of Athletic Communications for your Argos. Brian, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Go Argos. Go Argos, Andrew.